Thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the sacrifice at Calvary that brings us into relationship with yourself. How we love you and thank you and praise you. And we just ask you to be present this morning in our midst and speak to our hearts through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I believe we're at Matthew 11 today. Matthew chapter 11. And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. You remember that we're considering and pondering and trying to learn how to be good kingdom citizens. Now when John had heard in the prison that the, work, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you he that should come, or do we look for another? Remember that John had been sent as the forerunner to the Messiah, and he had done what God had called him to do, and as a result had got thrown in prison. <laughs> not, the, not the result that we would like to have, right? So now he hears Jesus, and he hears that he's performing miracles, and so he sends his disciples to him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Go and show John again those things which you do see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, a man, a man clothed in soft... Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Speaking of himself. So we see here that John fulfilled his mission, pretty much is what Jesus is saying. He came, he was called, and he did the job that God had given him to do. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So there we have that verse that we're all familiar with, showing us that there's some, there's resistance, yes. And we have to be passionate, and we have to be forceful. There's, there's, there's some forcefulness that we need to exert in order to be victorious. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. Um, you know, it'd be nice if we never had a fight, any battles. <laughs> yeah. uh, me, I'm not, I, I don't like fighting battles, but that's the reality, huh? Uh, I know there's some people who love a good fight, but uh, uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you think in your life, I don't want to. I don't want to keep fighting. I want to stop. I want to stop with all of this. But we're called to fight. It's a spiritual battle, and so we must continue on. 
Strengthen our hands in God and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Well, we see it in, in the Old Testament. There were, God used all different kinds of ways to yeah. defeat the enemy. Just because we're fighting a good fight of faith doesn't mean we're going to do it the same way every time. Sometimes it is a, a fight of praise. Sometimes it is just mm -hmm. waiting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is speaking out the word and claiming, claiming the promises. There's, there's many various ways we fight. Uh, there's not one right way. <laughs> but, but the fight is going gonna, is gonna to be there, is what I'm saying. Is we're going to have to fight. It, no, whatever way whatever way it's happening and there's a fight for all the prophets and the law prophesied until john and if ye will receive it this is elias which was for to come he that hath ears to hear let him hear now jesus was they they knew that there was a forerunner coming um the old testament said that and said that elijah would come before jesus kind of that was the way the old testament put it and jesus said to him this john the baptist he was he was the forerunner. He was the Elijah that you were looking for. He was trying to let them know that he was the Messiah. They weren't getting it, and they didn't want to get it. But Jesus, this is one of the ways that Jesus was trying to tell them, I am the Messiah. John the Baptist was the forerunner. He was the messenger that was to come. If you have ears to hear, hear. In other words, let he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus says this a number of times in the Gospels. Imagine the Son of God having to say to the people he created, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It shows you how easily we can be dull of hearing and not really hear what he's trying to say to us. And our, our job is to open our ears and open our hearts to hear what he has to say. And we need to pray that God will help us, that we will hear what he w wants to say to us. Whereunto shall I liken this generation? It's like the children sitting in the markets and calling to their fellows, saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a devil. John was an extreme character, wasn't he? He went out into the desert, he ate locusts and wild honey, and he, he, he cried out and preached, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he didn't, he didn't mingle with the people like Jesus did. And they said that he, was, he hath a devil. And the son of man came eating and drinking. He went into their houses and he sat down with them. And they say, behold, a gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. So here we see, you know, no matter what, what you do. Yeah. People are going to crucify you for, for you, do it, you do what they want, you do what they don't want. You're going to get crucified either way. If they did it to Jesus, who do we think we are that that's not going to happen to us? Yeah, it, it is. Mm -hmm. And even if you do, you know, they, they'll say this, you, you should do it like this, you do it like that. They say, oh, how wasteful, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. So we can't go by what people say, right? We've got to go. We've got to go by what the Word says and what we know the Lord of glory wants us to do. And we've got to, that's why we've got to know. Because look at what, Jesus, look at what they did to Jesus and John the Baptist. Here, here they were, two heaven-sent men. <laughs> right? John's, John's birth was miraculous. Elizabeth and Zacharias were well beyond childbearing years. 
And here John is conceived and born way beyond childbearing years. And he fulfills his mission. He does. He, he follows the call that God has placed on his life. And then Jesus is born miraculously of a virgin. And he following God's plan and course for his life. They weren't doing anything wrong, were they? They weren't blowing it. Because this is what the devil comes at us with. You're blowing it. That's why you got all this opposition. If you were doing what God wanted you to do, you, you wouldn't have all this, this opposition. Well, look at what we just read. Here came John the Baptist fulfilling God's plan for his life. Here came Jesus performing miracles and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they, they called both of them a devil. That they were full of demons and, and doing the devil's work. So we see here that no matter what, no matter whether you're the son of God, <laughs> if the son of God had this struggle in his life, how could we think that we're not going to have this struggle in our life when we do? Then he began to abrade the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Zidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Zidon at the day of judgment than for you. You know what Tyre and Zidon was, right? They were the cities that God destroyed when Lot was, remember? Okay, they were destroyed. He's saying it's going to be more tolerable in the day of judgment for the people, inhabitants of that city than for you because here came John the Baptist, here came the son of the living God, and you haven't opened your ears to hear. You haven't received. It's a, it was their day of opportunity, day of visitation, and they were rejecting. That's heavy duty, isn't it? And now Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable in the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Wow, that was, that was judgmental, wasn't it? Wow, Jesus was judgmental. <laughs> Just saying. We would say, who are you to judge, right? People wouldn't accept that today. That would be considered judgmental and intolerant and rigid. And you just need to love them. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what would be said today. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them mm -hmm. unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There we have it. He was not laying burdens on people that could not be born. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were. They were, they had 614 laws, and they were laying, laying, laying laws on people that they couldn't do. And Jesus said, come to me, 
All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. And this is something that we can remind ourselves of, <laughs> that we can come to him and find rest. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when we're burdened, then we have a place to go with that burden. And so we don't want to forget that. All right, go on. Let's go on. At that time, Jesus went on in the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do. This was breaking one of those laws, that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. But he said to them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God? And did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have ye not read in this law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? I say to you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man with his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? And he said to the man, Stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the others. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. There you have it. They were more concerned about their laws and regulations than they were about the people. Right? All they cared about, okay, the, his disciples, oh my goodness, they plucked an ear of corn and ate a piece of corn on the Sabbath day. How oh, perish the thought, right? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus just, Jesus just said to them, what, what's wrong with you? Pretty much is what he said to them. The food, you know, the food is there for, for, for us to eat. It wasn't, it, it, they had it all, all upside down. They were married to their rules and regulations, and they didn't care about people. And then they go into the synagogue and... Here's this man with a withered hand. And what do they do when they see Jesus heal them on the Sabbath? They go out and held a council against him how they might destroy him for, for, for delivering a man, for healing a man. That's amazing, isn't it? That's an amazing response to a good deed. If you sat and saw a man healed who had an arm that he couldn't use, and suddenly his arm was healed and he's able to use his hand and, and it's just as good as new, what would that response be in your heart? Would, would, would you be saying, ah, oh, I'm going to see how I can get the guy who God used to... No. You would be, wow, praising God. That was amazing what I just saw. Shows you how we can be stuck. <laughs> stuck on our... On, Stuck on a on a on being right, you know. Stuck on being right. I'm right, and 
and this is the right thing, and this is a right thing, and this is a right thing. I'm keeping the Sabbath. I'm keeping the Sabbath. I'm keeping the Sabbath. Meanwhile, killing all the people all around you, not caring a hoot. All right, so then Jesus knew it, and he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. That comes from Isaiah 42, prophetic passage there about the Messiah and again a way that they could have understood the, the, the religious leaders knew the scriptures especially the prophets Isaiah Jeremiah here he's quoting from their scriptures and they understood that those scriptures spoke about Messiah but their hearts were hard and they were rejecting the truth that he was trying to impart to them and we always must be checking up, making sure that we're not trying to resist the truth. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. There you have it. The response. Some people are amazed and say, wow, thank you, God. What a mighty act of, of power and mirac miracles. And some go away and say, oh, that's, that's the work of the devil. This is the Son of God. So again, no surprise that people look at us and come to crazy conclusions. You know, as hurtful as they are, that's the way it happens. And when Jesus knew their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom, it didn't even make logical sense, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself, how shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they, sh they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Here he is, again, trying to tell them that he's from the kingdom of God and that he's doing what he's doing by the power of God, who's his father. He's trying to spell it out for them, but they're not getting it. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first binds the strong man and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scatters abroad. All right, so here he's telling them plain and simple, plain and simple, that the kingdom of God has come near to them. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. You need to get, you need to believe it. You need to come on board. The kingdom of God is here. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. 
And whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. These serious warnings, aren't they? Speaking against the Holy Spirit of God, it says it cannot be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world that is to come. Serious, isn't it? What Jesus was doing was by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And they were saying, and they, they were saying, they were discrediting that. We know he's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. This, is, this goes beyond that. They had the Christ, the yeah. Son of the living God, the Messiah, the King of Heaven, standing before them. And they were, they were saying that um, he was doing things by the spirit of the devil and rejecting the Holy Spirit of God. They were 100% geared, that was some of it, but they were 100% geared to believe that when Messiah came, it was going to be geogra geographic ba battlegrounds okay. revolution. They were going to overturn the Roman Empire, and they were going to have the supremacy. They were, Israel was going to rule and reign over all the rest of the world, and they were going to be number one up there with, with the Messiah, ruling and reigning. And their understanding was to overthrow Herod. Herod's, Herod's temple could be seen from far and wide all over, all over their, their area. And Herod's, Herod's dominion was forcible upon their lives continually, day in and day out. They were oppressed yeah. by Herod and by the forces of Rome. And so their understanding of the scriptures, for the most part, was that when Messiah came, he was going to overthrow the Roman rule, and they were going, I mean, after all, when God had delivered Israel all throughout the years, it was always, that's what happened. He would set, raise up a deliverer, they would fight some battles, the deliverer would lead them to victory, and now Israel had the supremacy. Isn't that the way it went throughout the whole history of the Old Testament? One time after another, after another, after another. And yet the prophecies spoke of, of the Messiah coming and that he was going to bring peace. He was going to, be going to be the Prince of Peace. And he was going to rule and he was going to reign. So they believed when Messiah came that they were going, their, their nation was going to reign supreme. So it was very difficult. I mean, after all, think about this. If you've invested your whole life in believing a certain thing, and this is your position, your, this is your position in your land and, and synagogue, as you said. And then Jesus comes, says he's Messiah. They know all that, that he's claiming and, and there's certain things that are lining up. And yet, on the other hand, he's talking about their hearts and he's not, he's not forming an army. The disciples were no army. And he's, he's not enlisting people to go and to conquer the Romans. So they had a hard time believing that he could actually be the Messiah. To them, that was fraudulent. That was not what Messiah was coming to do. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. There you have it. By your fruits, you will know them. People can come and smile and praise God on the top of their lungs and 
and say all the right religious things, but by their fruits you will know them. Stick around a little while and see what the fruit is. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Wow! Every idle word makes us think about our words, maybe. For by, the word, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. So then they're like, oh, well, maybe show us another sign. <laughs> Jesus said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. There shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. So here he lays it out on the line from them. He says no sign is going to be given to you except for Jonah, who already came. Just like he was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so the Son of Man will be in the earth. And he was. And the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. So here we see three times. Jesus said, uh, one greater than the temple is here, one greater than Jonah is here, and one greater than Solomon is here. And he was trying to get through to them that they were going to be held accountable. They were going to be held accountable. They were going to be, and we are going to be held accountable for the truth that has been given to each and every one of us as well. And when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none. He says, I will return to my house from whence I came out. When he has come, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. Then he goes, takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. The last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so it shall be unto this wicked generation. Wow. Powerful, right? God forbid. When God delivers us, we want to make sure that we get filled with the Holy Spirit of God so that no more evil can take a foothold in us. And while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. One said to him, Behold, thy mother, thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. Here we have, again, Jesus was on mission. He was on mission. And his family, his natural family, didn't quite get it yet. Didn't quite understand it. And they're trying to pull him away. Like, hey, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. We want you. Jesus said to, him, to them, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? He stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren, for whoever will do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And this is a kingdom principle that we must understand, and as many of us do, that when we walk in the kingdom of heaven, there comes a division. Our families don't understand it. And we can't always be bowing down to our families. We have got to be true to what God has called us to do and put him first and honor him and when we do we're blessed Jesus had Jesus was on mission he wasn't letting nothing get him off mission not even his family now we know he loved his family 
if there's anybody that loved his family, it was Jesus. But you know, our family, even good family, can not understand the mission that God has given to, to us personally. And we've got to stay on mission because we, we know what God has, has called us to do. Whether they understand it, whether they get it, or whether they don't. And we don't have to be mean and nasty to them, but we do have to set. We have to, right, we have to be faithful to what God has called us to do. So let's pray. Thank you, O oh, our Father, again, for your precious words of life given to us through your Son. We pray that you will help us to be good kingdom citizens and to follow you wherever you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen.